All right, Josh Smith here, live at my Flat 5 Studios. My guest today is like, man, one of my favorite people. I consider him a brother. Been a huge inspiration on me a lot of my life in ways that I don't know that he, we've talked about it a little bit, but man, I had his picture on my wall as a kid because he was proof positive that it was possible to do what we do at a young age. And, and you know, yeah, you get a little bit of talk about, oh, he's a kid, whatever, but to do it as a professional, it was a major inspiration to know that was possible. He's one of the best guitar players on the planet and one of the best people I know, and it's a pleasure to have him. Please, everybody, welcome Eric Gales. Hey, hey, man, I, you know, I ain't been doing a whole lot of these, but there's a select few people, and I consider you in that bunch, man, and, uh, you know, I'm very, very thankful, and just uh, happy to be alive to be here to do it with you, man. I guess that applies to us both, and I'm, I'm very humbled. And you know, I saw. Uh, uh, I, I want to start this out by saying this. I want to say first off, fuck you. And the reason I'm saying that is because I saw you, and I think you were you were playing that guitar, and it sounded like you were going through a fuzz. And it was um, it was uh, a commercial for some. Uh, uh class thing that you were doing and it, it was it was a riff you were doing and it was it lasted about two minutes long the whole riff and dude you was playing your ass off man and it's something that you're doing tomorrow for an hour or two hours okay yeah yeah for together it's this new service Again, that, that dude, a friend of mine launched dude, yeah dude the commercial that you made for that thing i said god see i need to learn that riff so for that, I think I'm going to get a, a poster of you to put on my wall so I can throw darts at it. <laughs> I'm like, man, man, I know it sounds silly, but it really is the truth. When when I first heard about you, it was and, and Joe is included in there. And, you know, and I knew Derek Trucks back then. We grew up together. It was a group of guys mm -hmm. kind of close to our age who started to show me, you know, it was possible to be treated like a professional and it wasn't completely out of out of bounds to think you could do that from a young age. But you were the first that I saw because, I mean, you got a record deal and you were in all the guitar magazines. So I've been starting all these interviews, asking everybody, you know, about their beginnings. And obviously we know a lot about you and your brothers and your family and there's a lot of music in your family. But do you remember the specific first time you even picked up a guitar? Like, like who put it in I your do. hand? Okay, I do. So what was and the, How did it happen? The, the, crazy, the crazy part was it was not put in my hands. Uh, I picked it up on my own. Now, mind you, a lot of guitar was being played around my home way yeah. before I came out. So yeah. uh, subconsciously, it was there whether I wanted it to be or not. Yeah. And uh, just out of sheer curiosity, because drums was my first love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my brother was playing you know, fog hat and blue cheer and all that stuff around the house. And I'd just be miming along with knives and forks, you know, you know, drumming away, you know what I'm saying, on the floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one day, four years old, you know, the guitar was laying up against the couch. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up. I had no, didn't even, dude, it had, it, I wouldn't even, it didn't even make sense to even think about which way that I was either supposed to hold a guitar or right. that I had been seeing the guitar held in my uh, two or three feet perimeter. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. one way I picked it up was like this and immediately played something. And I, I still know what it is that I played the very first time. I never will forget what I played the very first time. And mm -hmm. it was the hand coordination was, I had no problem, no trouble, no nothing. It just, and I said to myself, man, I kind of like this thing. And it was off to the races. That ha That's how it happened. So it could have subconsciously been, you know, you know, stamped in there that I saw my brothers playing that way. And sure. I want to lean toward that being a possibility, but it was never placed into my hands. I picked it up on my own and yeah. it was left-handed upside down and there it was. So obviously they play that way. You're four at that point. You said you were into drums. Had you ever sat at a real drum kit back then? Uh, well, my brother Eugene and Hubert and Selden Cole 
all they had a band way before I was born called Weird, and they were a power trio. And my brother Eugene was the lead, you know. And, and, yeah. and so times there would be where after a gig or so, like they would uh, unload. Hubert's drums would be at my mom's house. And I would be so excited when I went in there and saw the drum set stacked up tall and everything, you know? So, you know, I, I want to say that I did maybe get behind the kit once or twice, but not nothing, you know, more of my upbringing on drums began just on the floor with knives and forks, yeah. you know, and pots and yeah. pans and books and stuff. But that was probably right-handed. Cause I know you write right-handed, right? And you say you were just shooting Absolutely. basketball. Do you shoot right-handed? Everything else besides the guitar, I do right-handed. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah. obviously it had to be some osmosis there from seeing your brothers play it that way. Are they left-handed or are they also right-handed like you with everything else? Now, Eugene is just like me. He write right-handed uh, and play left-handed. Lil Jimmy King was... Mm -hmm. He wrote left-handed everything. Shot oh, ball left-handed, stringed up left-handed. Interesting. Wow. Very I didn't know that. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. okay, so you have that inspirational moment of, like, you can figure stuff out. You know, we all know that feeling when you pick up the guitar. And, like, Matt, it is kind of magical. Like, it, like lightning hits you and you feel like, shit, this right. is... Do you start asking your brothers to show you stuff then at that point? Or they automatically start showing you stuff? You know, honestly, I was afraid to ask them because my brother Eugene was a two-time Golden Glove boxing champion. So you know, <laughs> I, you know, and and, and I, I'm ten years younger than the next to me older brothers, which right. were the twins. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was afraid. So I, 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 my brother just had this intimidating factor about him, you know, that I didn't bother him about nothing, you know, and, I, and it got to a point where I had to sneak and, you know, pick the guitar up when he left. And I got into the story. One time I broke a string and this is how it happened. One time they had left, I broke a string and I was scared. I think I peed myself a little bit because I thought my brother was going to get me because mm -hmm. I broke the string when, you know, when he came home and he came in there and said, did you do this? And I said, yeah, man. And then he said, okay, let me put one back on it. And that's how it, you know, he saw that I was pretty, because he was already mentoring and coaching, coaching little Jimmy King, man, my right. brother Manny. Yeah. And, you know, but Manny got to a point to where he got the big head a little bit. So my brother backed off from it. <laughs> You know, and said, okay, you know, and then I started coming along and then he started coaching me and that's how it happened. And that, that came around about, I would say, seven, eight years old mm -hmm. by that yeah. time. Yeah. And it had to be kind of infectious to be surrounded by everybody's learning new stuff. So Eugene's like a pro at that point. And Absolutely. little Jimmy King, Manuel, he's he's working on it. And, and like you said, and you're behind him working on it. I'm sure you were always right. like hoping for that glance of approval when you figured something out. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did a bunch of times and I would really get them when it began, it began to be a point that I would get uh, challenged by my brother to learn a song. And if I learned it by the next day, uh, there was a burger spot called Big Dip Dairy that had burgers this big, dude. And, and uh, as a kid, they looked like they was big as fucking rims on a car. And uh, and uh, they had it was a lot of burger and Big Dip Dairy was they had ice cream. So he would tell me if you learn, you know, he would give me overall junction uh, by Albert King or Laundromat Blues, or, you know, uh, uh, Texas Flood or something. And every other day it would be something and i'd be damned by the next day i would be like bro this is it right here right mm -hmm. and he said man let's go you got it so he'd have to take me to go get to me was a big ass burger and mm -hmm. uh and, and 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 those were that that was the highlight i mean that's what i lived for is you know my brother to give me something then he started giving me like difficult stuff like hendrix stuff like he started mm -hmm. he passed on to me stuff that he wasn't quite sure what it was, you know, and I just yeah. sat there and picked it out. You know what I mean? And he was yeah. like, yo, man, you know, we go to the music store and, you know, you go in the music store and you hear somebody picking, it turned everybody head around in the music store like, yo. And then it would immediately cause 
10, 15, 20 people to be gathering around me and I'm eight, nine years old. And, you know, he just, he would purposely take me in the music store for that reaction. And that's what happened. And it started going crazy. And he was like, man, my little brother, man, God damn, you know, so <laughs> that's, that's how it came about. How did Eugene initially learn? How, you know, what's his, uh, I don't know, like his, his level of knowledge as far as music goes. Like, was he, did he take lessons or was he self-taught? What's, what's his background? No, he was basically, he was basically self-taught, but it, he had uh, very good illustrations from my uncles. I got uncles, cousins, nephews, uh, everything, aunties and everything that play. I got an uncle that was a, man, had he chose to go in the, uh, in the world, he would be right there with BB and Albert and and, and all and Freddie and all of them, but he just chose to stay, you know, in in the church. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he was left-handed. Oh wow, dude! I'm trying to. So my brother had serious things to have him wind up in the music because my mom was the only woman of six brothers, and they had a gospel group. So that's. Mm -hmm. You know, my brother being the oldest, it was just him for a, a, a good while. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. he would be around all this good listening gospel and listening to my uncle and, and my cousin that plays lap steel. Uh, you know, that's who my brother had to listen to. And then he got turned on to Hendrix and met some guys in school, hit, uh, Hubert and Selton. And they were into rock and, you know, good old blues and everything. And so that's how his repertoire began to, you know, get more in, the, in that, you know. Did you have any friends your age that were musicians or was it all, all your brothers in his circle? Man, it was all my brothers in that, in that circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and which, at, 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 to be honest with you, I ain't mad at it that it wind up being that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I, it just worked out. Well, it, for us at that age, I mean, you're just a couple years older than me. The music that was popular, if you had friends who played, they weren't going to be into what your brother was into musically Not you know what i mean so right. we wouldn't have fit i right. couldn't fit in with anybody who went to school who played guitar i couldn't speak the language they right. they spoke you know yeah, right absolutely right right yeah i agree Crazy. so so when was the first time you started like to, like to get to play with other musicians it was 14 13 battle of the bands with original you know which i was in that band which was part of eugene's new group called weird at the time mm -hmm. you know and um i came on actually playing bass you know uh you know as a as a young and then my brother was like bro you know what i'll play bass and you play guitar because yeah. this shit is fucking badass and you know what i'm saying you know mm -hmm. so it, it was with my brothers that i you know straight up wood shitting shown up getting it you know what i mean type of picking was going on and it was with them and then you know so after that you know the, the record deal came at 15 yeah. and all that stuff you know did you did you have any chance to do any like run-of-the-mill you know four-hour blues gigs back then you know with with, with any never. other cats like never 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 see that's that's crazy because you 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 kind of you fell into like a self-made situation you know what I mean? It, yeah. I like I like how you put it. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it never was, you know, no. Not at all, man. If anything, I was, you know, as the years went on, I started getting more involved in the hip hop and three six mafia and, you know, rapping yeah. and all that sort of stuff, which wind up fusing into, you know, this pot of gumbo that I like to call it. But you know, but no, and I never had a three, four hour gig type, yeah. you know, it was I I yeah. went from school straight to the road, you know what I mean? Supporting the record, you know what I mean? And and was Eugene doing any kind of like gigs like that? Like just make it, you know, $75 gigs or was it all just his own? Not in, and... not, yeah, prior to the deal, yeah. And some after the deal, you know, some, okay. you know, two, three sets a night type of thing, you know, with yeah. other, you know, you know, blues rock bands and BBs yeah. or something, uh, you know, yeah. the local tavern or something like that. but. It never was something that I, you know, did until way later, later, way later in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So obviously you progress at a super rapid age. Uh, I mean, pace at a young age. And you end up in this spot where you start to play gigs and people pay attention. And of course, we know part of it is the fascination of, oh, my God, look at this young kid. 
playing. And then, and then of course, it's, wow, listen how good he is. Do you, I mean, it had to be just, to you, it must have felt kind of surreal, but almost kind of like overnight that this was like a job, you know? You're going to school, you got... You got all the normal right. life stuff that we deal with as a kid. And next thing you know, you got you put money in your pocket and go buy a new guitar. People care about what you're doing. I remember that feeling was crazy. It had to be even crazier for you to quickly end up, you know, on a major label and things like that. Right. It, it was, man. I mean, exactly. You, I couldn't have explained it any better than what you just did. That's exactly how it would wind up happening. Because when I was in school, I tried to keep it very quiet that I was a guitar player. Because I was, you know, in seventh grade, I got in the marching band and found out, you know, I was, but I was in there for drums. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with no, you know, it was, that's where I actually learned how to not read like you, I mean, of course, but, uh, uh, but read a, a, a drum, drum sheet music, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, you know, okay. sight reading, I got uh, straight ones and, and first place and all West and all state and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, I was in the jazz man, but I was a drummer. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I was a, I was a leader of a fifteen man percussion section, and you know it was like that was where I was at. You know what I mean? But then this deal came in, and I'm like, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this was is a tour on the weekends, and be back at school in the marching band from four yeah. to from 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 after we got out of school to about five o'clock, head to Arden Studios, record the record. You know what I mean? Yeah. With yeah. Jim Gaines and yeah. And and got Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Vaughan from uh, recording Family Style next door. Yeah. I got Artemis Pyle and 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 and, and Tom Dowd, uh, 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 uh heads in, and and John <laughs> Hampton and Paul Eversoul and ZZ yeah. Top, and and I'm and like, yo, I'm like, yo, man, this is crazy. Yeah, this is I, insane. I, but I, you I, know, I was soaking it all in, man, and you know, I had a wonderful upbringing. I ain't gonna lie. You know, when, when you think about the whole, when you when you think about the whole gamut of, you know, people that I was, my brother started letting me listen to at a young age, I began to meet these people, you know, within a couple of years after, you know, a few years after being turned on to them. And I'm like, you know, and then the crazy part was they knew who I was. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, at, yeah. still 17, 18, 16, 15. In my mind, that's still a kid. You know what I'm saying? Sure, in yeah. the grand scheme of the of the forefathers of of the blues rock and picking and gigging world, you know what I'm saying? I'm still a kid, mm -hmm. and uh, it was just mind blowing, man. You know, then in the yeah. Eric Johnsons and meeting Stephen Ray and all that come about, and the Frank Marinos and, and touring mm -hmm. with Robin Trow and getting to play, let him letting me play bridge aside. In my show, opening up for him and him standing on the side watching, dude, <laughs> like, bro, come on, man, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it is. It's that's very. It's had to be very surreal. What did your parents think initially, when when the deal came and and gigs started happening on the weekends and you're working? What what was their opinion? My parents were immediately uh, supportive because my mother was not so worried because my older brother, I was out with him, so. That was my method. He wasn't going to let nothing happen to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she never was. She's always been. And this is coming from a woman that is from the church of, like, strict. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So she began bending bending, bending, and, 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 and uh, uh, carving out a path of her own, you know, with having a pretty high seat as a district missionary in the Kojic uh, uh, denomination to having uh -huh. these kids that are playing in the world. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's pretty uh, uh, that's pretty opposite ends of the field, but that sure. getting still in her mind, these are my sons and I love them. And I just pray that they come on back in the fold before it's too late, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that would be I mean, you know, that 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 was the usual, you know what I'm saying? And sure. if you were covered by your parents prior, then that was the that was the right hand of the Pope right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I had to kind of almost barter with my parents to, to let me go play gigs and stuff like that. I had to hold up my end, you know, with the school and the, right. you know, right. not, not letting things go to my head being, being still, you know, right. being like a, a kid and a good, a good responsible kid. And it was, right. you know, right. I'm sure they were scared because just like you, they had to know 
you know, from from immediately that was it. You were never going to do anything else. You were hooked. So yeah. it is, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a tough life as a musician to make it and make a living and sustain it. Right. But right. yeah, they were still right. incredibly supportive. It's, it's amazing yeah. looking back on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful for both my parents. God rest both of their souls. And, yeah. You know, uh, and uh, I believe that they're looking down quite proud and my other brothers and, you know, all those that has been close to me that's passed on. And all I can do is just try to keep forward and, and keep being the best me that I can be and make them proud. Yeah. My grandparents were not as supportive. They wanted me to go to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might get over on your parents, but your grandparents, they ain't going. No, no. They expected a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. But, but it just Sorry. wasn't in the car. Yeah, yeah it wasn't, just, in just wasn't in the car. Oh, man. So, okay. When the gigs start, you know, becoming serious and the record comes out and you like you said you're meeting your heroes you're getting all this attention you get in the guitar magazines can you kind of even tell how how special it is as it's going on or are you just kind of in the flow i'm in the flow it's a little bit of both like i'm saying to myself yo man this is insane but at the same time i'm in the flow so if there's a way for it to be both then <laughs> i would say it was both i was in the flow you know, trying to still keep my cool, but at the same time, behind closed doors, saying, God damn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, this is unreal. Yeah, yeah. it's unreal. And then, what, do the kids at school, you you tried to keep it secret, but then when you do something like Arsenio Hall or something like that, <coughs> they had yeah, to know. It was over. It was yeah. over. I went back to school and everybody it was like, yo, dude, why the hell you ain't said nothing? And yeah. then when Carlos did, said, did the interview and he said, man, that was all, that was it was just all she wrote. It was it. Yeah. So the cat was out the bag. The principal won autograph. My school teachers let me show up late and everything. And you know, <laughs> then <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man, how you get that kind of favoritism. You know. It's but, like, it's you know, funny I, that you I, say that. Like I had teachers who would let me skip class and hang out in like their office, the music teachers and stuff, and use the phone. Oh, yeah. Like things like that Everything. that you would think would be completely ridiculous, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. It was insane. It was insane. That's so, you know, even like you say, the music teachers were asking me my advice on a concert piece that was, you know, I'm like, yo, man. And like, Eric, what do you think? How does this sound? Does this sound like, I'm like, yo, like, like this is out of control right now. You know what I'm saying? This is like way out of control. But at the same time, I still try to, you know, stay humble. I, 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 I pride myself on trying to be as humble, you know, and, and never have my head where I can, you know, never see in front of my car. I don't want to only see out the sunroof. I want to be able to see in front of me. I don't want to, yeah. you know, uh, come across, you know, braggadocious or big headed. Though people have told me if I chose to be a shit talker, I could back it up, but I just <laughs> don't, you know, if I could, well, if I wanted to talk shit like Muhammad Ali, I could. <laughs> but I ain't gonna do it, man. Because for the simple fact, it's motherfuckers that's named Josh Smith that'll cut a motherfucker head clean off. <laughs> well, oh, man. man, one thing I noticed when listening, because of course I bought the record, so I bought you know EGB first album and then Picture of a Thousand Faces. What was striking to me was the growth in your playing between the two albums. You know what I mean? Yes, the writing too changed, but I, I was hearing like the work you were putting in. Was it tough though to to because that's a period where most people are being, you know, are just working on their own in a closed environment. You were working for right, real right. and still like yeah. put, having to push yourself to learn new stuff. Where'd you kind of find the time? Man, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I think that Honestly, I'm going to go on the limb and say this. I think that when I was born, there were some things that came with me when I, you know, it, my whole family gene. I think it's some things that came in my bloodline, you know, that was already there. And it was stuff that was coming to me that should have been coming to a 40, 50 year old person. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like emotions and feelings. Sure. and stuff that is what I highly use to channel the way that I play. And yeah. with that being said, that stuff, it could have been, you know, I believe strongly that it could have been, you know, emotions and vibes of, you know, 
potential oppression, you know what I mean? Potential, you know, vibes of, you know, pain and, and struggle mm-hmm. and, you know, overcoming and, 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 and victory and perseverance that had, had come along with this gift. I believe sure. truly that it did because the same emotions that I have now, I would have when I was young. And I wouldn't be no more than six, seven, eight years old. I ain't been through nothing to, sure. to have those kind of emotions. So I believe some extra oil got pulled in, you know, on on, on this, on this. And that's not me bragging about it. That's just a fact. Uh, yeah. You know, how else can, you know, I see these kids that are these virtuosos and the, the virtuoso caliber now, um, and it's like virtuoso 7.9, uh, uh, you know, compared to back then. Yeah, it was a high caliber, but like these folks is something crazy. I mean, it's ridiculous, yeah. dude. It's ridiculous. And I believe, yeah. honestly, in my heart, that there are some things that they've been gifted with way before their time, you mm. know, that has come along with them because there is a skill set can be a skill set, but man, I'm telling you, there is a level of emotion and passion that goes into that, that you can tell that's there, that's set apart just from regular skill. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Would you not agree with that? I, I do. Uh, so this is an interesting, interesting topic to me and something I've wondered about. We all know guys who, when you hear them play, you just there's something there that just know this guy was born with something special, you know what I mean? And I, I yeah. feel that way when I listen to you play 100%. But the other half of me, the practical side of me, also knows from listening to you for as long as I have, yes, you you are you are special. You were born with something special. But I also hear the 10,000 hours that I know you've put in to working on playing Absolutely. guitar. Can, so I can hear the work too. Do I think maybe yes. I was born with a gift or something? I don't know about that. Maybe I was born at least knowing that this was what I was supposed to do. Maybe. But uh-huh. I, I tend to think of it as like a balance between the two things. It is. It is. It is. I, I, I 100% agree with you on that. It's, it's, man, I'm about to say something, and I don't know if I really wanted you to put it on there, but it may be. I could be a perfect example of a balance, a perfect mix of fucking passion, emotion, and feel, and 50,000 hours of man hours put yeah. into go, honing in on wood shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm the poster boy for it, but yeah. I'm a byproduct of it. Put it like that. Sure. Sure. Is that yeah, a good I mean, way to put it? Yeah, that's that's I mean, more than anything, that's what I hear when I hear you. I hear the gift and the, the heart and the soul and also the hard work because I know what it yeah. takes. You you don't just wake up and do what you do or know the things you know. You know what I mean? It doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, I know, I know because I've put in the work. I've done the hours too. I know how hard it is and and what it takes to do those things and yeah, it is. It's amazing the balance between between that. I mean, I know a guy here, uh, an organ player. We all know some of these guys, organ players, singers, who are don't know a lot about music, but are just these natural cats who, for some reason, you listen to them play, and it's like, where does that even come from? You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I think both. It's both. When you have both. Is I think what makes it just the most like special. I think someone who knows they yeah. have a gift and respects it and honors it, and then still is willing to put in the time to be as great as they can. Man, that 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 that's potentially a dangerous girl or guy right there, boy. I tell you, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. So okay, you progress through the two Eric Gales band records, and everything kind of runs runs its course. And and then you know things start to change. I mean, you 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 know you're an adult at this point. You become well, you become an adult through the process, uh-huh. and life yep. starts to change. You got new responsibilities, new things going on. You got you got to grow up in a lot of ways. Um, uh-huh. What I mean, what did that feel like? Kind of transitioning from the you know the major label days, and you're still a kid. So now you got to worry about, oh, I need to make this much money to take care of myself. Uh-huh. I need to, 
you know, do this. I need to do that. I, cause I remember what it felt like. It was terrifying to me. How did it feel to you? Yeah, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And, and my, and my, and the, the, the route that I took began to, uh, take a take a turn into where the introduction of drugs became apparent in my life, and um, yes, I still had those same concerns. But the escalation of addiction began to be where my only concern was: how am I going to get more money to get more drugs? Right. And that is, it still baffles me, Josh. It really does, man. You know, and I'm gonna try to do this. And I'm going to try to say this without getting choked up about it. it. It baffles me that the amount of years that I gave to a stranglehold and carrying a ball and chain that got heavier and heavier by the year, by the month. And I still was able to say, okay, let's drag this chain and ball and go try to get more to make this ball and chain even heavier than what it is. That yeah. lasted for 30 something years. Yeah. And I don't understand why I am even here talking to you on this Zoom about that in the past tense. Yeah. I'm talking to you about it in the past tense. And yeah. I don't, you know, when I know so many friends and people that I admire and am inspired by, have lost their lives way before me. So that leads me to if the cosmos or the gods, if the he, she up there in the world, it, it has anything to do with it, there has to be something left for me to do because I should have been gone a long time ago. You take that part of my story, extract the whole interview part that we've been talking about, about playing the guitar. That alone is enough to take is enough to take average Jane or John Doe out. Don't give a fuck what you do in life. Now, Absolutely. you topple that off with when I just told you, I believe that God gave or he or she gave something extra to me and my siblings and my family. You put that on top of that. Now, huh, man, there has to be something somewhere bigger than me that is got a binocular view on my life because otherwise what reason am I the exception that the hands hadn't been taken off me to go and kill myself you follow what I'm saying I do follow what you're saying and that's as that's a heavy way to think of that of it that's a heavy way to think of it as is why why did I make it you know what I mean because as an man. outsider I'm just so happy you did man I'm just so happy where you are makes me so happy because, I mean, I've seen, you know, we're not best bros or whatever, but I've known you long enough and seen, you know, not, I never saw you at the bottom, you know what I mean? But I, I know what that's like. I know people who have been at the bottom. I, I've been around them. And to see where you are now makes just, it makes me so happy. But I, it was interesting to me that you said, when you think about the amount of years that you gave to that part of your life, do you, do you think about that sometimes, about just the years that you, I don't want to say wasted, because you made music, you did things, but like, you know, what you could have done, I guess? I'm going to tell you something. It, I think in everything I do, the amount of passion and emotion that I put in it, too, is a direct derivative of why I play even harder. And the tears come out when I play, because I think about, you know, am I making up for, you know, the time, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. about how much of a struggle that I put myself through and all of that pain. You know, I tell everybody, man, for me to give you guys smiles on your faces every night as an audience, it's a hefty amount of pain that I have to take myself through every yeah. show, every 90 plus minutes. There yeah. is an extreme amount of pain that I take myself through for the joy to happen on your face. And so it helps me to remember everything that I've been through. And so I play harder and I cry about it. And the tears from what I did to damage myself begin to come to joy of how, you know, I am still here and I got something. And I thought, Josh, I thought that playing the guitar was the epicenter of the story of my life. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. It's a yeah. byproduct. 
Yeah. It really is a byproduct. My story of my life is what I've been through and how yeah. I'm here to play about it. You know what I mean? All these yeah. years I thought, man, I'm here to play guitar. Yeah, it's a symptom. It's it's a it's a byproduct of the shit that you done took yourself through. Now you have no idea that is all a bigger picture for why you done been through all this. Yes. And because that in itself is the inspiration that I want people to get from why this guy got tears coming out of his eyes while he's playing is because if yeah. you don't know his story, you need to find out because it goes hand in hand why this guy has all of this and all of these interchanging parts and everything. Yeah. And now within this past year, man, I got shows with my wife and my team in about two weeks down in Florida. We got four shows and my wife made a post. Man, we was just reminiscing off of a, a couple of past shows and how the emotion was so intense and the spirit was in there. Yeah. She said, and she made a damn good point. I don't know what the hell we gonna do in a couple of weeks. I'll be, I'll be, I, 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 I mean, well, I might need yeah. an exorcism or something. Yeah, you might, you might be overcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's gonna feel so alien, like to play a it gig will. in front of it, it. It's such a weird it feeling. Will. Yeah, it will, man. It will. Man. But I believe after that passes, though, then it's going to feel like right back at home again. You know oh, what I mean? For sure. Uh, for sure. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, we it's just, uh, you know, we all are here alone for this terrible ride that we all have had to, to come to over yeah. the past year and some change. Right about year now, almost March yeah. 15th was the last gig I did. Mm -hmm. And. You know, it just seems like it's been even longer than that. And the one thing that this pandemic has done, it, it, it has opened up the mindset for other avenues of things and creativity sure. to be explored that we didn't think we'd have to ever wind up doing or even thought about, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, 100%. so it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, for that, but you know, for all the death and the famine and everything, man, you know, and like again, you know, we we were, you know, we were victims of of this, you know, um, epidemic, man, and 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 again, it's just, you know, it's how is it that me, you, and my wife are still here to have this conversation when over half a million people that had it lost yeah. their lives? You follow what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. just thankful, bro. I'm really thankful. No, you're right. I mean, I, I'm thankful too. I literally just had it. And yeah, it was, I mean, it, you know, it's no joke. I mean, I'm thankful that I'm young ish enough that maybe that, yeah. that was a big factor, obviously, you know, but you know, just when you get through anything like that, you're thankful. And I mean, that's yeah. a resounding thing to take away from everything you just said <laughs> is the joy that I see. Yes. I see the pain when you play and the emotion, but like the joy, the joy at the end from like, you know, Man. like I, I can see how much you appreciate where you are now, how much you even just appreciate playing guitar. Like, you know, and, yeah, and how because it is the greatest. It's so great. It's so much fun, you know, and I see yeah. that in you. And, it, you know, I was watching some old Stevie bootlegs because I've been digitizing a bunch of my VHS tapes during this break because we got uh, so much free time, you know. So whatever. I put this one Stevie. I put this one tape in and it was him and Chris in an interview on some local TV station at a gig somewhere, but oh. it was like literally a couple weeks before Stevie died. And the interviewer ends the interview by saying to Stevie and Chris, man, what's the best thing that could happen for you guys in your career? Like what's the next step for Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble? And they both like in concert said, just keep going because he was, you know, they just cleaned up and he was smiling and so happy. And that's what it feels like right. now. It's just like everything is gravy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That being said, though, that being said, I think you're about to go on the next step. And it's been a slow climb. You know, I've seen it little by little, step by step, that you've been building this thing from scratch. And let's let's talk about the new record a little bit. Uh, first off, yeah. I'm super proud of what you did on this album, and I can't wait for people to hear it. Like, I cannot wait for people to hear the record. And I think it, it is going to keep you going the right direction, which is where you where you deserve to be. But, man, 
it was an interesting process making this record because you know we all had a plan kind of coming in and you came out you and LaDonna came out here and we got together at the studio and it was this plan versus this plan versus this plan then we changed that plan and we ended up somewhere better than I thought it was going to be from the beginning I agree I agree I agree yeah how was the process for you the process was uh it was it was heavily emotional uh the whole process you know kind of when we even began the whole process with some you know some things you know coming out there and us me you and 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 joe having the chance to get together man it was on the heels of a day prior after uh that what happened to george floyd and yeah, it was you know right then it was like the day after it was, it was yeah. right then man and you know i uh gotta say man it, it fueled a conversation that you know began to be the uh the uh ground hub for very strong things that uh was able to be gotten across and said and spoke and sang and talked about and uh, things that are are, are very, and has been very near and dear to me that you know were helped to be saw and helped pulled out from two white men. Let's just call it what it is: two white men through my eyes. And that was that. I, 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 I want you to know that there was a, a cohesiveness that is more powerful than the world. You would have to have been a fly on the wall to understand. Uh, especially with the division that had sank in so tough that we are yet and still dealing with. There's some yeah, progress yeah. being made, but it's some still there. But we have a platform of music that is one of the most powerful platforms that you can ever have. So with the main topic of this division and all this, there was an underlying message that uh, I was determined to make happen that here is a great example of a Black and a white man and a white man coming together to make something that the whole world can relate to. And that's an underlying thing that we, we, it, look, we didn't all, I want the world to know, we didn't all come in your studio and was like agreeing on everything. Like, I don't oh. think that the record would have went that way if I had yes people in there, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, okay, the world knows I can play, you know, and, 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 and that is, you know, this and this and that. But where we at, it ain't about that. It, it's, it's like, dude, we need to make this a pinnacle record. And the, the songs, yeah. we know the, the world know you can play. Let's let the world know that you can sing your ass off, too. You know what I mean? Let's get these melodies and let's yeah. talk. Let's, let's, let's get some, let's get down, let's peel the onion back and yeah. uh, let's just make so you know, we pushed and pulled and 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 all of that and, and and you know it was some it was some I appreciate all them awesome times of everything that uh wound up making Crown be what it is. And uh, you know, I, I'm 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 grateful, man. And 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 I, you know, I don't say this is the end. I'm gonna call fucking uh 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 uh, uh B BS uh, uh production. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and shit, let's try this shit again. You know, so yeah. I thank y'all for help bringing, you know, more things out of me that, you know, I, I knew that were there and you guys helped them. Well, I'll just say, you know, uh, from from my point of view, you know, I, I'm not going to speak for Joe, but I know selfishly things I wanted to hear from you for most of them, you know, things I've been waiting to hear from you just musically. Uh, and then things that once we started working, I think you'll notice. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm kind of no nonsense. You know what I mean? I just Man. like to work Man. and do the job. And and if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. You know what I mean? All I want right. is to make the best thing I could possibly make on all fronts. So what I what was important was that there was no throwaway on this record. There was nothing that wasn't thought and given its proper respect and intent. So the songs were first. Had to have the proper amount of respect and intent for what was going on, the message that you wanted to say, and the things that needed to be said. And so that was first. Then it then it's the you know the the orchestration and the band and the production style. And then yeah, this is the singing. You know what I mean? We, we worked hard on all of that 
to make this record hard, the man. best it could possibly be. And that's why I can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah. I mean, and we did it through, through fucking us going through COVID, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, the finger being ate off a little bit, you know That's what I mean? Right. <laughs> we, we, dude, I mean, I mean, people need to know the backstory, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just grazed through. We fought for what yeah. happened, you know what I mean? And, Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. Many, many, many a days, there wasn't a dry eye in that studio, you know what I yeah. mean? It just was some intense passion and emotion that permeated through Ocean Way and Sound Emporium, you know, yeah. with all parties involved that, you know, yeah. we went to work hard, man. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think, you know, the world, I, I believe the world can hear that. We'll hear that, you know, when they, I when think they so. hear the new record. I right think now. they'll hear yeah, the, they'll hear the amount of effort that we put in and passion yeah. uh, into the project yeah, on man. all fronts. And let me just end, end yeah. the talk of the record with this last point. I know we're talking about songs and melody and production and all that, but he does play his fucking ass off on this record. So don't worry about it. There is no lack of guitar on this record. Not, right. not at all. You sure ain't kidding, man. No, not at all, man. No. All right, man. Let's jump into the yeah. 10 questions. Okay. All right. When you first started picking up that guitar, right, four years old, do you remember the first thing that either you learned by ear or someone showed you or you figured out that kind of was like, I can't believe I just figured this out. Like a little part of a song or a lick or something, you know, that just set the hook. Like, man, there's no going back after this. Uh, Avery King. Uh, you know, a uh, 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 laundromat blues, overall junction, all yeah. that, you know, uh, 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 scuttle bucket. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, dude, just, you know, uh, uh, zap, uh, 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 you know, uh, just all man, there's, there's several different things. I say, yo, man, are you kidding me? Uh, um, Dragonfly, uh, 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 uh Franklin, you know, uh, a bridge of size, all it is. I'm like, man, no way. And, and I knew it was, you know, and this was all being introduced to be at a very, very early age, man, you know, and you know, some J Georgia by Jerry Reed, you know, and and and, and, sure, and all right. Yeah, I, Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm going way back now. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, do you remember the first solo you learned note for note by anybody? Do you remember doing that? Overall Junction. Overall Junction was the first one. It, it was Albert King. The whole thing, front to back, wasn't no joking around. If he if he got off key, I had to do that the same too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you got yeah, ice cream man. and a burger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. <laughs> what's yep. what's the first thing you play every time you pick up a guitar now? Do your hands just go somewhere on autopilot? This is just something without consciously thinking that always kind of comes out first. Uh, 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 a major second. Okay. That chord, that beautiful chord, and if I may not be labeling it right, but. Discord. Yeah, yeah. Add nine. Yeah. That chord right there, that sets it off right there, and then I immediately go, you know, then back to it. So somewhere I go to that chord, and that's it. That sends yeah. it off. I'm I'm gone at that point. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this this may be re related to that, but. Number four is what key, style, groove, song kind of lives in there most of the time when you're not playing or listening to something? Like if you're cooking eggs or you're just walking around. For me, I, I hear a shuffle most of the time, unless I'm coming off of work and I'm, I'm, I've been working on something else. I'm hearing something swinging, you know what I mean? And I'm blowing over yeah. the top of it. Do you have something right. that just lives in there a lot of the time? That's a really good question, man. And man. Man, that's a I, it's so many, man. Yeah. It could be it could be 40 mile town. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I'm a harmonic, melodic, beautiful, you know, that type of beautiful thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it all depends on what move, mood I'm in. It could be just like you, a, a banging shuffle, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could be, yeah. you know, it could be something strong, something, you know, 
grungy. You know what I mean? It's just sure, peace right. and Mississippi or something about, you know, about, you yeah. know, it could be some Sean Lane or something, man. It just all depends. You know what I mean? Ain't no tell. Okay. So on the B side of that, then when you, let's say a piece of music comes on, you've never heard before, right? You're in the car or you're somewhere and a piece of music comes on. You never heard it before. What's the first thing you normally take stock of? Is it the groove? Is it the melody? What's the first thing you start hearing? What you would play over the top of it? You know, like, that, where that does your too, brain normally go? The, my brain normally goes to the groove. And generally, it's the beat. Because mm. I'm a drummer, so I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing all that type of, you yeah. know what I'm saying? That's what's getting me. Then I'm hearing the bass line and how all that coincides with each other. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hearing how the harmonies of the lyrics. I Like, I'm not, the lyrics are the last thing that I listen to. Mm. I'm listening at the harmonies that may coincide in the lyrics, but the lyrics and what the song talking about will be the final thing that yeah. I listen to. And it's been that way all my life. Mm. It's the mm. music first and then, you know, yeah. that's it. But I, hey, I'm backwards anyway. So, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Number five. When did you feel like you started to transition to, to having your voice on the guitar because when we start really young and like you said you were learning things note for note you know note for note and yeah. you, you know we get we become obsessed with guys so it's like we all have the periods of this is my guy this is my this is what i'm listening to was there clear moments of like oh i just stumbled on something i'm gonna go further that way that sounds like me do you remember moments like that yeah, I do. But in my case, there's several different parameters of that that I feel that, you know what I'm saying? That, that you know, but I would really, really say that picture of a thousand faces, like God only knows, you know what I mean? When, uh-huh. you know, coming into, I'm like, man, you know, this is an angel of the night, you know, this where like there's a blistering side. And then there's a like God only knows type of, you know, side uh-huh. that was like, was a fit where I knew that I was going to be a combination. Don't ask me to pick between whether I like the blistering side, you know, because it's passion in that or the beautiful side, because it was a combination of them both. When those began to come together, then I was like, yeah, this, 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 this me right here. You know what? It's funny. You say that when, when I bought those two records, when they first came out, it did feel like on, on the second record, you started to sound more like, you know, I wasn't hearing like, oh, that's a Stevie thing. And that's an Eric John. It was like this. No, this sounds like Eric. And I, I asked you in the studio last time I saw you about uh, Temple of you Deliverance know. solo that starts with that and kind of went, uh, all along the watchtower type type. Lick. Yes, sir. But that right. solo right. Right. to me, it does kind of sound like the beginnings of like the Eric Gales thing that we know and love now, which now has so much more to it. Don't get me wrong, but I can kind of hear yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yep. I agree. That's a very good way of putting it. I agree. Nice, man. All right. Number six, what do you consider your biggest weakness on the guitar? My biggest weakness. You. Oh, come <laughs> on. Truth. No, like what's Truth. something that makes you sweat? Anything? You. Ah. You. Like what, what makes you. me sweat is if I have to play finger picked, uh, acoustic, like not hybrid pick, but like like James Taylor, like intricate acoustic yeah. guitar, that's kryptonite. Yeah. To me. True. Yeah. Uh, uh, if I have to um, uh, pick every note, you know, as opposed to hybrid, you know, if, if that was the case, but like, really don't do like, I'm afraid to step on the stage with you, man. I'm just ah, saying. So my answer is you, we've done it quite a few times. And the oh, one yeah. time that I felt like I shown up hell my own was when I sat in with you at the baked potato. We played yeah. our ass off that night. <laughs> That's a good video, man. I hadn't seen it in a while and somebody tagged me in and I was like, man, we were having fun. Yeah. We played our ass off that night. We did. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I like when we play together because you can hear all the shared influences that we both have, obviously. We've listened to so all much of, of the same shit, but yet we sound right. so different. Yeah, we do. I like it a lot. I like yeah. it a lot. I learn something every time I, you know. Likewise. In my every head, time I'm, I'm like, okay, you. after the show, I, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, he's going to have to show me that. Dude, I, every time I hear you play, that's how I feel. 
<laughs> All right. Number seven. Who's a huge influence yeah. on your guitar playing that people would be really surprised to hear? Man, that would be surprised to hear. Wow. On guitar? Yeah, it doesn't guitar have to be a guitar player, but they have to have an influence on your playing. Like, who's influenced your playing? And it would be really surprising to hear that they're a big influence on your playing. Man, that's a lot of gospel people that fit that criteria. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want to say D'Angelo. Okay. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, it's just that whole, I'm going to say John Mayer, believe it or not, is one of those, you know what I mean, that people would be surprised to hear, you know, Chet Atkins, Jerry yeah. Reed, you know, Danny yeah. Gatton, uh, Johnny Highland, that yeah. whole style is, you know, uh, 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 the Nashville Cats, you know what I mean, all sure. them, boy, I just had just having a conversation about all them pound for pound, Nashville got some of the baddest motherfuckers ever. Sure, you know, absolutely. No help. Doyle Dykes and 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 Red Volker, Volker and and Volker and all them sort of dudes is killing, man. Like oh, yo. Man. Yeah. 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 Do you listen to Chet a lot? I did. I did a whole lot as I was young. Yeah. You know, when I was young, I listened to a whole lot of Chet. But I compile Chet, Jerry, Albert Lee, Roy Clark, all them in the, you know, you know kind of in the same bag, you know what I mean? And, and, Did Eugene and like all... that stuff? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Showing up. Yeah, man. That's cool, man. And it's, there's something to be said for, too, the fact that you, you know, came into the world in Memphis. You know what I mean? The, the, the deepness of the amount of music that's come out of that place and, and, and also the diversity of music that has come from that city right. is pretty staggering, actually. Yeah. It, it, yeah, no, know. I agree. A whole yeah. lot of it, man. A whole lot. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's a good one. Number eight. In a gig situation, would you rather have a great guitar and a shitty amp or the other way around? A great amp and a bad a great guitar. guitar and a, a, a great guitar and a shitty amp. Really? Yeah. See, I'm the opposite of you on this one. I got to have a decent amp. I'll, I'll muscle through the guitar. But if I don't have some kind of amp that gives me a tone that's close to what I like, I'm screwed. So I'm gonna I'm tell you why I say that is because I, I made this is just my perspective on it. If I got a shitty amp, then I just have to I just have to modify my hands more to be the tone. Mm -hmm. Because to me, 95% of the guitar and the amp is who playing. Oh sure, yeah. So with that being said, I'll just adjust on the fly with what I can do to try to, you know, offset where the lack is coming in from. So, yeah. you know, again, if I had to, I'd take a great amp and a shitty guitar and muscle through it. I yeah. would, but I, yeah. you know, it just would seem better to have a guitar that plays like butter. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, figure out the amp later. So but if you, you know, man, if you had to do your gig, and you had your your guitar, your Magneto guitar, and your pedals, and you got there, and the amp was a JC120. You'd be more comfortable with that than if someone gave you a Squire, but you had your pedal board and your amps. What what would I do? Which which one would you you'd be more comfortable the other way around with your guitar, your pedals, but a JC120 as opposed to uh, Squire Strat and your amp and pedals? I do. I take a Squire. And my amp. Okay, see there, there you go. That's what I'm saying. That's that that that's 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 leaning on the side of what you said. So I guess you know you got a point. Yeah, cause I I man I can, I was thinking about this yesterday. The amount of gigs in our lives that we play with amps that are not ours that we don't own. It it could be more. I could have played more gigs in my life with amps I don't own as opposed to amps I do own. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. That's a very, very good point. Where it's, it's, it's. I have to say, per capita, you're right. But I, I, I would like to say that it has, it, it has weighed more on the side of now. You know, with the company that I have, uh, DV Mark and 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 my 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 signature app that yeah. they are wonderful. I have to give a shout out to them, Marco over at Mark Base. Uh, they make sure that my gear is where I need it to be. So 
you know, now I'm having the opportunity. And, and, but again, everybody's not afforded that luxury to, yeah. you know, just put a phone call and they have it flown in or whatever, you know, at their cost. And, yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about it. But I do agree with you, man. You know, generally as a Fender twin that ain't working all good. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Not yeah. all the knobs ain't working. Tubes yeah. all loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's the, the the hundreds of times that that's happened. It's, it's like, you know, yeah. bad speakers, bad amp, or some Marshall yep. from the 2000s with no reverb and a closed back cabinet. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, just, yeah. no reverb, no bottom end, no yeah. nothing. Like, dude, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's yeah. that's 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 my biggest struggle. I when I get stuck with that, I, yeah, I know I'll have a better gig if the amp is okay than vice versa. So that's right. why I'm I come from that. One. I got you. I see what right. you mean. Yeah. Number nine. What I mean, we may have already touched on the answer to this, but what man, what keeps you motivated to continue just being a better guitar player? Because I keep hearing growth in your playing and new stuff coming. What keeps you pushing on on you know because you're already a bad motherfucker and everybody knows that but you you, you know we all know guys who stop growing you know what i mean and they hit a spot yeah. and then this is yeah. what they sound like i've never heard that out of you and i respect that what keeps you pushing hearing you i mean you might think i'm joking when i say that but like dude like you and the kirk fletchers and and joe's and you know what i mean and the Derek yeah. trucks and you know doyle bramhall's and you know, Robert Randolph's and, you know, yeah. I'll get, and Eric Johnson, I'll get inspired by something that I'll hear and that'll send me into my shed to go mm -hmm. and just go to plucking, which will in turn turn into, wow, I just figured out something that I ain't been doing. Let me incorporate this. And that's yeah. how the evolution of it happens is by first that fire being sparked by, man, I just heard, God damn it. And I done got inspired like a motherfucker. And that's yeah. how, that's how it works. That feeling is the best. I, I hope it never goes away. You know Me what I mean? Too, I, want, Me I just too. hope that continues because it's my favorite thing. I, there's nothing better than getting inspired, working on something, getting it, and then figuring out a way to make it part of your shit. It's so, Absolutely. It's so great. That's it yeah. right there. Yeah. Yep. All right. Number 10. You got a five-year plan, man? Where do you want to be in five years? Do you have specific goals? Are you that guy who makes specific goals? Or is it more just... I, I, Go by the same I time. haven't been before now. I just, you know, go in it and what comes, I'm surprised. But like, I do kind of have a five year plan. Uh, you know, I want to at least visit, I, I at least want to be in a seat at the Grammys uh, within the next five years. And I think that may happen within the next two uh, with this new record. Uh, I, I got so. uh, stuff. I got stuff that's involving TV. I, I, I want to have this TV show that I'm about to do. Uh, off the ground. Uh, it's a guitar competition show. I can't talk a whole lot about it, but it's going to be crazy. Uh, nice. It's going to be crazy. Uh, a movie, uh, have this movie about my life uh, done within the next two years. The script is already written for it, uh, you know, and just have a whole nother, just see a whole side of life that I even even saw, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just as a regular human being. And I want my gift to afford me that, you know what I mean? That's that's yeah. say, having my gift afford me to see another side of life that I haven't had, that has been waiting on me the whole time. You know what I mean? I could have been, but due to some setbacks, you yeah. know, now let me, let me, you know, and let me enjoy my plate at the table and my time to eat for a minute. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and, and enjoy my crown. <laughs> Man, it's it's funny you, you say, I, I was thinking about this the other day. As musicians, we don't think a lot of, especially as much as we travel, uh, a vacation is not like a thing that we do. You know what I mean? Like, I've never Dude. taken a real vacation in my whole life because I've been everywhere. None. None. But, but when but I look you, at my you know friends. What, happened, though? Uh, what You know what happened is I got a wife that spoke up about, you know what? We, we work hard and long, and you know what, man? We should take a vacation. And again, we've been married almost nine years and never had a honeymoon. We never yeah. had a honeymoon. So yeah. we planned it for last year, but then the pandemic happened. And yeah. then I'm like, so that's, uh, that's crazy that you speak about uh, vacations because the wife was like, babe, you know what? We go hard in the paint out here. 
let's make sure we take a vacation. And okay, yeah, going on a cruise uh, and getting paid for it and, and such, 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 that's great, but it's not the same as no. a vacation where you go on somewhere where don't know, hopefully don't nobody know who the hell you are and yeah. we just enjoying each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd hate it though. I might get there and be like, this, this is boring as Try hell. it out, bro. <laughs> try, try, you know what? Try it out. Don't take no guitar or nothing and just go see some things in life because it's some things out there that does bring you happiness other than guitar. Sure, it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it does. Dude, well, that's it. We made the end of the 10 questions. So thank oh, you. For, <laughs> um, for the rulers, you, uh, if, if you're not a ruler, please sign up, become a ruler, or at least subscribe to my channel. Uh, there'll be links to all things Eric Gales in the in the body of this video. So please support this man and his wife and the music that they're making and the great things they're doing. Uh, like I said, be on the lookout for the new record because we're super proud of it. Um, dude, thank you so much for doing this and taking the time out of your day. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. When we get off this call, you make sure you send me the link to when this is come is going to air and oh, everything. Man. And Josh, pound for pound. You one of the baddest dudes I know, man. And, uh, you know, I am very uh, grateful that our paths in life has crossed each other. And uh, I consider you, you know, close family to me till the end. And, Likewise, uh, and I'll always do that way. And, uh, yeah, man, you, bro, don't be surprised I hit you up for one of them online courses to learn a couple of things from you. You know, don't <laughs> tell nobody. And, uh <laughs> Oh, thank man. you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much, thank, man. Thank you, man. I love you, man. Yeah, likewise. I love you too, man. I tell LaDonna, you said hey. Please yeah. do. Please do. All right, Eric. Yes, sir. Okay, man. Peace.